You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show. I am Steven Serta, joined as always by my guy Rocky Magana. Kramer Sanson in the background helping us keep this thing moving today. Kansas City Chiefs get another win. They beat the Jacksonville Jaguars 27 to 17. And, you know, Rocky, in a game like this, first of all, it's nice to just have a noon game. Um, It feels weird talking to you this early in the day because we don't get very many of these um, with the Kansas City Chiefs anymore. So, that's nice, but also to just have kind of a low stress game where, you know, the final score doesn't look like the Chiefs were totally dominant, but they really were throughout the entire contest. It was just a brutally efficient game by the offense where they're just totally overmatching Jacksonville basically in every single way across the board today, which is what you want to see uh, against an opponent like this. They're a young football team. Kansas City gets the win, and Patrick Mahomes was just carving them up all throughout the day. Yeah, I mean, first of all, it's good to see you, buddy, with the sun still up. I feel like we're going out to brunch or something here with this daytime game. It's uh, pretty awesome. Uh, But, yeah, no, this definitely looked and felt like a game where you have a legitimate title contender in the Chiefs that were going up against a team that is trying to get to where the Chiefs are. Like, they're on their way, but they're just not there yet. Like, this seems like a team that's still a year or two away. They have some pieces. They have some talented players. But, I mean, to even think that this, that the Jags were going to, you know, be able to hang with the Chiefs and be in the same league as them is just not the case right now. The Chiefs are far and away a different class of football team than the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I think you saw that across every facet of the game with the exception of special teams. Um, You know, that was probably the one blight on the whole game is that special teams seems to still be a mystery that Uncle Dave can't figure out. But, I mean, that all being said, I mean, the defense looked amazing. The pass rush was exceptional today. Chris Jones was just a monster, and Patrick Mahomes proved – far and away why he is the NFL MVP front runner. I mean, say what you want about Josh Allen. You know, he, he had a gutty performance. It's still going on. I think right now we're wrapping up today, but I mean, Patrick Mahomes is your NFL MVP at this point. And I don't think it's even a question after the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. It, it's hard. I think right now to make a case for anyone else and, you know, if our listeners, if you happen to catch me on the SB Nation NFL show, we talked about that this week, kind of went through an MVP gauntlet to kind of separate which guys we truly believe are in contention for the NFL MVP right now. And there's a handful of them, but Patrick Mahomes, I think, has set himself apart from the rest of the NFL. And, you know, 
we'll get to Kadarius Tony and how he looked today. And, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster did leave the game early. He entered the NFL's concussion protocol after taking a, a big hit, which was probably a dirty hit from uh, Jaguar safety Andrew Sisco, who also uh, laid uh, what I think was an illegal hit on MVS later in the game. But he did not get flagged for either one of those hits, which I think was absolutely insane. But what Patrick Mahomes has done this season is what is setting him apart from everybody else who thinks they have a case to be the NFL's MVP right now. Like on a weekly basis, he is spreading the ball around everywhere. He is hitting multiple receivers every single week and he is making it look easy. And today wasn't even necessarily the the catch by MVS late in the game was obviously a really nice catch, but today I wouldn't even say was necessarily like, his most explosive game. It just looked easy all throughout the entire contest. And it says a lot about the level of play that he is at right now. And that's why he is clearly the MVP front runner, in my opinion. Oh, a hundred percent. And I think that, you know, Mahomes, one of the great things about Mahomes is everybody loves about him is what he does when the play breaks down. Today, you saw Mahomes when the play doesn't break down for the most part, when he's working within the framework of the offense, when he has time and he's he's protected. I mean, I mean, let's give Prince Tega Winogo uh, a round of applause. He came in for injured Andrew Wiley today, and I think he earned himself a second start. I mean, he looked great protected on the right side of the, of the line there. I think we have a legitimate tackle there. But I mean, I think, I think when Mahomes has time, you see, he doesn't have to make you know these these earth shattering plays that we know he can make. He can just he can just dissect the defense and move the ball efficiently down the field, which is what we saw today. And I mean, looking at Kadarius Tony, or as I'm officially I'm officially coining this Kadarius Infinity Stony, I think that he is the we we talk about this with some other guys that Chiefs have brought brought in in the past, like like Shady McCoy and those type of guys. That Kadarius Tony, you don't have to force the ball to him; he plays within the structure of the offense and he fits within the structure of the offense and he gives you that extra weapon and that extra element that you didn't have before. When we have him and McCole Hardman both healthy and on the field, like that's a lot of speed you're going to have to deal with. And you put MVS in the mix as well. I think that Kadarius Tony might be that key that finally unlocks this offense. I mean, he just, he looked amazing today. And then on top of that, he plays so much bigger than he actually is. When he went up and high pointed that ball and caught it, well, it was a, it was a fantastic play on the ball, but then it's the little things that he does. If you notice over last game and then this game both, if one of his teammates gets tackled, Kadarius Tony's the first guy in there pushing people off of his teammates to get them back to their feet. I mean, I feel like Kadarius Tony feels like a guy who wanted out of New York and now has another has a second lease on his NFL life and wants to make the most of it. And I feel like he's he's gonna he's gonna do that and he's gonna be a superstar for the Chiefs. Yeah, we we got just a small glimpse, another small glimpse of what he could be for this offense. And he does remind me of McCole Hardman in the way I think the Chiefs are going to utilize him moving forward. But McCole, I still think, is like that more explosive, just straight line speed guy. But we saw Kadarius Tony and what he can do if you just give him some space because he's so shifty and he's so hard to tackle. And the fact that they got him involved this quickly just shows how much they felt like they needed that other wide receiver and how much really, as much as it hurts me to say, Sky Moore's probably just not going to have much of a role this season. And you know, we saw it today. Tony, in only his second game with the Chiefs, was getting a lot more action and getting involved and getting things that were dialed up specifically for, for him 
over Sky Moore. And I thought we would see a little bit more of Sky Moore today. And we just, it just didn't happen. But what the Chiefs are going to do with him and what Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid are going to do with a playmaker like him, if he stays healthy, and that's been the biggest issue for him so far in his career, man. Chiefs fans, you got to be really excited about what you saw from him today with the uh, 57 yards. He had the re- receiving touchdown, had a nice uh, jet sweep run play that he broke off for 30 plus yards. Like he can be a playmaker. And when Patrick Mahomes is operating at this level of efficiency and the Buffalo Bills are out here struggling right now against the Minnesota Vikings, it looks like the Vikings are making a huge comeback here in the fourth quarter, man. I think I'm going to have to adjust my Arrowhead Pride power rankings. I still hadn't put the Chiefs at number one just yet, and I, I think they're there now. I, I think everything is falling into place for them to be the best team in the NFL at this moment. I mean, they're definitely peaking at the right moment. You're coming in on the second half of the season, and everything is starting to click and fall into place. And you got to wonder at this point, people have kind of been wondering, like, where's OBJ going to go? Is OBJ going to choose the Chiefs? I mean, I, I would like to have OBJ, but at this point, you got to ask yourself, do we really need him? I mean, with it seems like we have a wealth of weapons as it is right now. Now, obviously, you know, thoughts and prayers go out to Juju. We don't know how long he's going to be out now that he's in the concussion protocol, and hopefully it's a, it's a it's a quick recovery on what was a dirty, nasty hit by Cisco. And I don't care if the rest picked up the flag or not. That was a 15-yard penalty, and the refs need to protect players. The NFL says that they care about player safety, and they don't do anything about Cisco's back-to-back hits and disregard for wide receivers. Then they're talking out of both sides of their mouths, and it's it's hogwash. I mean, you got to protect receivers better than that. The fact that a player that's that important to the Chiefs offense has just been taken out of that game and probably the next game and maybe even beyond is ridiculous. You can't have these sort of dirty plays out there, and and the fact that the officiating is so inconsistent on these matters and in the NFL in general, it's it's a black mark on the NFL, and they got to do something about it. But all that being said, if the Chiefs get back to full strength, I don't even see a place for OBJ necessarily in this offense right now. Like, like is he going to get enough balls that he'd even be happy? You know, I mean, like there's he's we're like seven deep at wide receiver at this point. Yeah, you know? I don't I, I don't think we need to spend any time on Odell Beckham Jr. Um, I, I don't think he's going to be a Kansas City Chief. I never thought he was really. And the Kadarius Tony trade sealed the deal for me. Like Kadarius Tony is somebody they are looking to get involved in the offense. He is somebody that they think can be a huge piece of this thing moving forward. And we just got another small glimpse of it today. But the fact that his first game as a Chief they immediately put him in the football game and got him a touch to try to get him involved. And he didn't play that many snaps, but they went up a little bit more today. And we saw the impact that he had on this game. Like, I don't think that the Kansas city chiefs think they still need to add another wide receiver, despite reports that, you know, they'd be interested in Odell and that they've, and that they've had some conversations with him. I I just don't really see it happening at this point, but Again, you mentioned Juju Smith-Schuster leaves this game after taking the massive helmet-to-helmet hit. He is in the NFL's concussion protocol, so we'll get an update from that on Andy Reid at at the uh, post-game press conferences, and probably later on in the week he'll be somebody we'll have to monitor. Uh, Right tackle Andrew Wiley also left the game with an elbow injury. 
Uh, that's something to monitor. But as you mentioned, the Chiefs offensive line as a whole today played really well. And Prince Tega Winogo, who came in for Andrew Wiley, I, I thought played fantastic. Like overall against this Jags defensive line, I, I thought that they all played really, really well. Chris Lamont also ex- exits the game with a concussion. And MVS had to be checked out after taking another helmet-to-helmet hit. But he was able to return. So Chiefs got a little bit banged up, but they walk away with the win. Uh, They covered the spread, too, which was nice. That came up clutch for me today. Um, But overall, a a pretty impressive win. And I want to circle back to the offensive line because, man, it feels like that's the last piece of this thing. Right, Rocky? Like, the last thing that you got to figure out how to get that thing consistent on a week-to-week basis because we've seen performances like this this season – where they look like one of the better offensive lines in football. And then we have seen them really, really struggle. And last week they struggled. And Trey Smith, particularly, who I know has been dealing with injuries this season, has struggled at times this year. Andrew Wiley, we know what a liability he can be at times at the right tackle. Now Prince Teguinogo comes in, plays well. Maybe you have Lucas Niang on the horizon who could possibly get in there and be in the mix at the right tackle position. But it feels like that's the last key thing and that that last component for this Chiefs to, you know, try to go on another Super Bowl run because of the pass rushes that you're going to face in the postseason. They just have to figure out how to stop having this every other week thing and just play like this all the time. Oh, 100 percent. And I've been more critical of the Chiefs tackles this year than probably almost anybody. I mean, I have zero faith in, um, in Orlando Brown Jr. and Andrew Wiley as our two tackles. Um, that being said, I think a lot of Smith's of Trey Smith's problems that he's had this year have been him trying to shift over and help out Andrew Wiley and then getting caught out of position. Um, he has been battling injuries, but Andrew Wiley has not made Trey Smith's job any easier this year. Um, I think looking at the way Prince Tega Winogo played today, you gotta keep him in and give him another, another shot next week. I mean, I, I don't see how you don't at this point. You know what you have in Andrew Wiley, and it's nothing good. Um, you've had Prince Teguanogo on the roster for a couple of years now, and you and he's he's a project, and you've got to be sitting here thinking to yourself, if you're a Chiefs fan, like what are we even doing with this guy? Like this guy has so much upside. He, he's from he's an SEC tackle. He, tack, tackles his natural position, and we know that tackles an issue that we have, and we're not even like getting this guy in the game to give him a shot. Well, today he got in the game, and he looked great. I mean, in the limited snaps that he had before today, he was the highest rated PFF blocker. Now it was only like 10 snaps, but he had over an 80 PFF rating, you know, coming into today. I mean, the guy when given an opportunity has excelled. So why not continue to give him opportunities? I think that Prince Tega needs to be your, your right tackle moving forward. Even Niang or, or not Niang. I mean, give him the opportunity, sees what he does, see what he does with it. And if, and if he keeps on playing the way that he does, then problem solved, you know? And so, I mean, I think, I think the hats off to Prince Tega. He came in in a tough spot and he, he excelled. Yeah. That'll be something to monitor this week, the health of Andrew Wiley and how the chiefs approach right tackle moving forward. Um, you know, I know Prince Seguinogo, even in the preseason, he was in the mix to be the starting right tackle. And they decided to roll with Andrew Wiley after the preseason, but early on, he was getting looks at that first string right tackle spot. So we'll we'll see what happens there. I do want to mention uh, the Buffalo Bills are having a bit of a fourth quarter meltdown right now. Uh, 
they buried buff the minnesota vikings buried buffalo on their goal line and buffalo was just trying to get out of its end zone and at least for right now as they review the score Josh Allen fumbled in the end zone. It was recovered by the Minnesota Vikings. They are currently up 29 to 27 in that game right now. This is huge for the Kansas City Chiefs because if the Bills drop this game, the Chiefs will take sole possession of first place in the AFC and will control their own destiny for the number one seed in the playoffs and the the lone AFC bye. So this could be a massive upset for Kansas City as well as Minnesota if they can pull off this win over the Buffalo Bills. But the Chiefs could be staring down a situation where all they have to do is just run the table and play well down the stretch, which they are doing right now. And I think the last key component of that is this offensive line. Can we get that thing a little bit more consistent? And they've got a strong chance of running the table here, and they could be controlling their own destiny now as we head into the playoffs. Yeah, 100%. And, I mean, if we get if we get the – if we get the number one seed and the road goes through Arrowhead, I don't I don't see how how we don't how we don't end up in the Super Bowl the way we're playing right now. Now, obviously, we still would have to play the Bills most likely in the playoffs, and they're still a very tough and talented team. But that being said, last time we faced them, we didn't have our offensive line figured out, and Von Miller ran havoc on our on our offensive line. So if we can get the offensive line figured out, then that takes care of one situation. And then secondly, we didn't have Trent McDuffie. And I don't think we're talking enough about Trent McDuffie. That guy is the truth, man. He is that dude that you he just takes away half of the field and they don't go near him. And when they do go near him, it's an incomplete pass. He's that guy who breaks off from his own guy to help out other people and make a play on the ball. I mean, this this guy, he looks like he was probably one of the best picks we've had in a long time. So let's turn towards the defense and, you know, Travis Kelsey had another impressive game again today. Noah Gray had another nice game again for the Kansas City Chiefs offense. Um, I, I think that it's pretty clear the Chiefs aren't interested in utilizing Clyde all that much anymore because today we saw a much bigger uh, share of the backfield between Jarek McKinnon and Isaiah Pacheco. Pacheco did have that early game fumble, but he bounced back and, and looked pretty nice despite uh, my heavy criticism of him early in the game. But yeah, let's focus on the defense because this is just another layer to this whole chief season. And we've talked about it a ton here on the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show. McDuffie continues to look great, man. And they don't have Frank Clark this week. George Karloftis had a nice game. Chris Jones was absolutely dominant the entire game. Just the Chiefs put all kinds of pressure on Trevor Lawrence all throughout the entire contest. Carlos Dunlap notches his hundredth sack finally colin saunders again comes up with a huge play gets a sack today and he plays really well it's his development is one of the more understated parts of this defensive line this season colin saunders has been spectacular for the chiefs this season and really has shown the upside that we were all hoping he would have over the last few years but the defense continues to improve and while the Jags did, you know, put some yards and had some success moving the ball. And, you know, I know Christian Kirk gave them some problems. Uh, he he was really – LeJarius Sneed was struggling against him throughout the game for the most part. But they made enough plays. They put enough pressure on Trevor Lawrence. And with all of the youth on this defense, they're, they still haven't reached their ceiling yet this year. Like, this Chiefs defense could still continue to get a lot better. So there's got to be a lot of optimism around them as an overall unit moving forward. Oh, 100%. Um, I think even you go back four weeks ago and you look at how Joshua Williams played today versus how he played four weeks ago, 
I think it's a night and day different player. I think he looks so much more de- decisive and comfortable out there at the NFL level with the NFL speed of the game at breaking on plays and making a play on the ball and in coverage and coming up and run defense. Um, Leo Chanel had a great blitz, you know, on Trevor Lawrence that I think that he's, he's playing more downhill than he has in recent weeks. I mean, we already mentioned Chris Jones. Chris Jones was a monster. I, I think that, you know, you have Frank Clark back and like, this was, this, this was like a defense. Once again, we're talking about that wasn't at full strength even today. And and it's not like that, you know, that the that the Jags, you know, unit is just garbage. Like they've they've been moving the ball and scoring points pretty pretty effectively. Um, Nick Bolton once again proves to be a tackling machine. He has only missed coming into this game. Nick Bolton has only missed one point four percent of all tackles this year. That is the second best number ever since two thousand eighteen only bested by Bobby Wagner in 2018 who had 0.7%. Nick Bolton is one not only one of the best one of the best tacklers in the NFL right now, but he's one of the best tacklers the NFL has seen in the last half decade. And he's showing it and the numbers the numbers bear it out. I mean, that's the thing. It's not me just talking as a fan here. Nick Bolton does not miss tackles and Nick Bolton racks up a lot of tackles. So what's that tell you? Nick Bolton's a hell of a tackler. Now, does he still need to learn how to read the run game a little bit better and be in the right position? Sure. I'm not saying he's a perfect player. But that being said, there's a lot of value to a guy that every time he touches a player, that guy goes down on the ground. And that's what the Chiefs have in Nick Bolton. And so the fact that you have that guy in in the linebacker, you have your young secondary that's stepping up, and then you're finally getting consistent pass rush on back-to-back weeks, not from just Chris Jones, but also Carlos Dunlap, also George Karloftis and Colin Saunders, who where if you're getting sacks every single week out of Colin Saunders and you're playing with house money, I don't care who you are. If Colin Saunders is getting sacks for your team, then, then, then you are a dominating force on the front four in the NFL. Yeah, I, I continue to be impressed with this Chiefs defense uh, each and every week, and, and I feel like they're getting better each and every week. And, you know, we've talked about some of the ups and downs of this team this season, and you know, it's hard to be critical of a seven and two football team, but they've had moments like that Indianapolis Colts game. But the defense every week, you just you just see more signs that they're continuing to get better. And I think Steve Spagnolo has been the most consistent coach on the Chiefs coaching staff this season. And uh, from Kramer, I just want to update you guys on the Denver Broncos, who uh, for someone who watches NFL Red Zone pretty much all day, every NFL Sunday, they were barely showing that football game on NFL Red Zone because it was absolute garbage. And uh, the Denver Broncos had an opportunity to try to tie that game late in the fourth quarter. And Russell Wilson throws an interception at the goal line. They lose to the Tennessee Titans 17 to 10. And the Buffalo Pills, with less than a minute left on the clock after that debacle, debacle letting the Minnesota Vikings get back into the game, Josh Allen, uh, with a couple of huge plays deep down the field, they get in field goal position, and they just tie the game 30-30 to as they're about to head into overtime. So Kansas City has not taken the lead in the AFC just yet. Buffalo comes back and ties the game. Uh, that's an absolutely absurd game that's going on right now between the Minnesota Vikings and the Buffalo Bills. But of course, Buffalo did. Of course, they did. <laughs> that's the most. That's the most Kansas City Chiefs fan thing ever to have happened. So getting back to this game and. 
Again, I, I was really impressed with the Chiefs' defensive performance. Uh, this Jacksonville Jaguars team, like, they're a good offensive team. The Chiefs slowed Travis Etienne quite a bit throughout the day, and, you know, he he didn't wind up having a huge impact on this game. But we've seen what he can do this season. Like, he is a very talented young running back. Trevor Lawrence is talented. And their offense, for the most part, has been pretty good this season. Where they've struggled is putting up points and finishing drives. And we saw a lot of that today, too, where – they were moving the ball and they were getting some chunk plays against the Kansas City Chiefs, but ultimately the Chiefs were able to keep them out of the end zone and keep them from scoring. So it, it's a good performance against a young Jacksonville Jaguars team that I think is on the rise. They've got some young, talented players that they can build on there. But moving back to the Chiefs offensive side of the ball, I want to talk about these running backs a little bit more because I feel like we kind of blew past it and I was kind of early in this game. Isaiah Pacheco fumbles the football and I'm sitting here thinking like, man, are we really sure that they should be moving off of Clyde Edwards Alaire totally? Because I mean, we saw early in the season that he was being efficient. He was making plays in, in the running game when given the opportunity, he was making some more uh, plays in the passing game and getting a little bit more involved there. And he did have a, a bad drop today. And that's something that's continued to be a theme with him. But today it was Isaiah Pacheco and it was Jarek McKinnon. And McKinnon, who had multiple injury designations coming into this game, was actually involved a lot more than I thought he would be. But it's pretty clear that the Chiefs are moving on from Clyde Edwards-Alaire, at least at this point. Like Isaiah Pacheco is their early down running back. And McKinnon is the guy that you put in in clutch situations of the game because you know he's a good pass blocker. You know he's a reliable pass catcher. And he had some really nice plays in the passing game today. So Clyde, I guess... Is still going to have a role moving forward, but it seems like Pacheco and McKinnon have really separated themselves from him and that committee that we had been seeing over the last several weeks. Yeah, I mean, and I tweeted out after Pacheco's fumble, you know, let's pump the brakes on the Pacheco hype train, and then, of course, he's going to go ahead and just rip off, like, you know, 30 yards and three runs, you know, immediately after that. You know, it's, that's exactly how it happens every single time you say something like that he had you know, 82 so. yards today 82 point. yards he averaged six yeah. yards a carry but you know what if you think back you know cream hunt fumbled his very first carry in the nfl and then that was kind of the wake-up call jamar charles when he played for herm edwards had a fumbling problem and herm edwards told him listen if you're going to fumble the ball then you can't run the football for my team now i'm not saying that any sort of conversation like that happened on the sideline today but I do think that after Pacheco fumbled that ball, that he knows that this is his opportunity, and he got angry after that, and he started running angry, and he started saying, you know what, I'm not going to let this opportunity slip me by. I'm not going to sit here and put the ball on the ground and fumble away you know, my lifelong dream. Um, this is my chance, and I'm going to do something with it. And I thought you saw him run with purpose, and he was decisive um, in his cuts and his vision. Now, he still has some work to do on, you know, on his vision, but I feel like, you know, he ran, he ran hard, which he always does, but he just, I think he looked a little bit more decisive today in where he was going and what he was going to do. And the chiefs offensive line opened up holes for him and he broke tackles. I mean, I think, I think that he's your best option carrying the football at this moment. Is he the best long-term option? I'm not willing to like say that yet, you know, but for right now in the remainder of this season, I mean, I think you just keep feeding the hot hand. Yeah, and that's the biggest thing for them is that, you know, after the fumble, it did seem like that ignited him a little bit. And I, I, the biggest problem that I've seen with Pacheco this season is that it's not that he's lacking explosion. It's not that he doesn't run hard and that he's hard to tackle and can pick up yards after contact. 
it's just that his vision doesn't tend to do him any favors. Like he runs straight into contact more often than he's trying to avoid it. And in a young running back, you want to see somebody who's going out of their way not to get hit, who's go, who's trying to find the open holes, who's trying to get in the open space and, and break off those long runs. And so today it did seem after the fumble, like that was a spark that he needed that he did finally start to like it, like it slowed down a little bit and he was more decisive in hitting the holes hard. And that, and that's how we were seeing him break off 10 yard runs, 15 yard runs. Like for the first time in his career, I felt like we saw him do that consistently so hopefully this was a big game for him moving forward because we know the Chiefs can throw the ball. We know Patrick Mahomes can go out there and put up 350 yards and three touchdowns every single week. But if they can start rushing the ball and that's an element of the offense that you have to start worrying about on top of the increasingly positive play of the defense, if they get this offensive line figured out and look out, look out like it feels like that's one of the last elements that they really just got to get consistent with. And so it was really good to see that today from the rookie running back. Oh, a hundred percent. And I don't want to see the chiefs go out there and give Isaiah Pacheco 25 carries a game by any means, because that's not the strength of this team. Patrick Mahomes will always be the strength of this team, but like 16 carries for 82 yards. Like we saw today. That's awesome. I mean, there's a reason why the chiefs get ran on less than any other team in the NFL. And um, well, I guess what to like second or third. So almost any other team in the NFL. And that's because so many teams are playing from behind because of Patrick Mahomes. So don't go away from who you are because your offense helps your defense. Um, but the, the balance that they struck today with the 16 carries for 82 yards and a 5.1 average. I mean, that's just a chef's kitsch, kiss of a uh, of a balance of an offense. You know, the offense. This is what the Chiefs offense should look like every single week. Like this was. This was the like if you want to encapsulate and say this is what the Chiefs offense should be, today was it. Like, like go, watch today's tape. This is what the Chiefs offense should look like every single week. Yeah, and let's get to I want to remind you guys if you're listening on the podcast, um, stick around afterwards. We'll have all the post-game press conferences for you. Andy Reid did confirm that Juju Smith Schuster and Chris Lamons are in the concussion protocol while right tackle Andrew Wiley sprained his elbow. So be on the lookout for that, those injury designations later on the week at arrowheadpride.com. But uh, let's get to our listener comments, Kramer. So if you want to use the hashtag AP rapid reaction show, you can try to sneak in a question before we get out of here. Give Mahomes time and it's over a defense. Did you see McDuffie and Bolton special teams? Hopefully that's just a one-off. And when do we start talking about Butker? Uh, Harrison Bucker did miss another extra point today. I, again, think it just comes back to he's not healthy right now, and the Chiefs would rather trot him out there instead of playing this kicker roulette like they were when he was really injured. So I got something we're going to have to continue to worry about moving forward. But special teams as a whole is still kind of a problem for the Chiefs. That That's the one thing you I think you could point to today and be like, there were some problems there still. They still haven't quite figured that out, but at some point, hopefully they'll get the special teams figured out. Like we got a lot of faith in Dave Tobe, I think. Um, but hopefully it continues to get better. It, it, it can't get much worse than it's been this season. I, I hope so. I, I think they're still working on that. And yeah, we talked a ton about the defense already. They, they're, they're getting better and better every week. And I still don't think we've seen the ceiling of what this defense can do. If these guys continue to progress this way. I mean, let's not act like Harrison Bucker didn't miss some some extra points last year. Also, he's never been the most. 
he's never been the most consistent specialty uh, um, extra point kicker. I mean, he's the guy who's going to hit 70 yards and miss the 25, which is aggravating. It's aggravating as a Chiefs fan sometimes. That also being said, there is something to be said about this about this Chiefs coaching staff that they that they rushed Harrison Becker back too soon, and he's not a hundred percent, and he's out there leaving points on the field because he's not a hundred percent, and you don't have another option when the guy who who you had before him is kicking for Pittsburgh right now. Now I'm not saying he's as good as Harrison Bucker would be. Harrison Bucker is a hundred percent, but may but. Do you really want to bring back Harrison Bucker and have him be injured for the rest of the season and have this same injury keep on lingering because you didn't wait for him to actually get healthy and have it cost you in the playoffs? Because then you're going to feel pretty dumb, right? If Harrison Bucker misses a field goal and they say, oh, well, he's still not 100%. Well, you could have waited two more weeks and he would have been 100%, but you brought him back too soon and then you had no other option. And that also being saying, Uncle Dave, like, I'm sorry, but every single week something happens with your unit where you aren't ready the the onside kick to start the game that you got caught with your pants down unforgivable i'm sorry you got to be ready today you don't you you can't get caught off guard like that and and lose lose the ball on the opening kickoff i'm sorry did they catch him in all fairness in all fairness the chiefs defer all the time they're not they're not used to having to get the opening kickoff so i feel like that's okay that that's a that's a slip up you let that one slide in all fairness if this special teams unit had looked rock solid all year, then maybe you give them the benefit of the doubt. Let's not act like this special teams unit hasn't been making mistakes. Let's not act like Jody Fortson didn't fumble the ball when he was trying to return it. Now, he's not a normal kick returner, but that's still a fumble on the special teams unit. I mean, it's the special teams unit is a problem, yeah. and they got to get it fixed. It's the worst unit on the team right now. It's horrible. And it's not close. <laughs> uh Imagine how good the Chiefs will look if they start winning the turnover differential. Special teams have been kind of sloppy. Yeah, we just talked plenty about the special teams. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's also that's the biggest thing I want to see this defense try to improve uh, throughout the back half of the season. You know, it's hard to predict turnovers. Sometimes they can be really fluky. But I would say the the pressure, the consistent pressure, and turnovers have been their biggest issues and their biggest flaws so far this season. Well, today. They were putting tons of pressure on uh, Trevor Lawrence and Jacksonville's offensive line has been pretty good this season, actually. So they were really dominant up front today. And hopefully you can see that continue to improve uh, throughout the season, because if they do that each and every week, it's going to be hard to beat them uh, on, on both sides of the ball. But the turnover is still the turnovers are still a problem. Like you still got to figure out how to get that. And I think some of that just has to do with the personnel and you know, we might see McDuffie finally get an interception here uh, sometime in the near future because right now just teams just aren't throwing at him a lot. So he's not getting a lot of opportunities to get the, make those kinds of plays. But it's just hard to predict turnovers. But I have to imagine they've got some coming at some point this season. Yeah, the, the, the lack of turnovers has been surprising so far this year. Um, pressure creates turnovers, though, right? And so as we see the Chiefs start to get more consistent pressure, you got to think that the – turnovers are going to be you know the fruit of the pressure right so as long as the Chiefs can continue to put pressure on the quarterback like this I think the turnovers are going to come and that and that so I'm not overly concerned about it because the Chiefs are still winning by a very large margin um keep the pressure on the quarterback and eventually the turnovers are going to come I I really think that that's the case yeah 
Yeah, it's. I have to imagine they're going to figure out eventually. Uh, like I mentioned, Spags has been really, really good this season. And so sometimes they can come in bunches. Maybe it just hasn't happened yet for the Chiefs this season, but I've got to imagine somewhere down the line they'll have one of these big defensive games where they're able to force a few turnovers. But uh, again, if you're listening to us on the podcast page, make sure you stick around after the show. We'll have all the post-game press conferences for you immediately following us. You can follow Rocky on Twitter at Rocky Magania. You can follow Kramer at Kramer Talks. I'm Steven Serta. That's where you can find me. Make sure you check out the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network this all throughout this upcoming next week, we'll have plenty of content for you ahead of the Chiefs Sunday night matchup against the Los Angeles Chargers. Again, I'm Steven Serta. That's where you can find me on Twitter, and we will talk to you guys next week. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Once again, thank you for listening to the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show. After the Chiefs' 27-17 win over the Jacksonville Jaguars, we heard from head coach Andy Reid, quarterback Patrick Mahomes, wide receiver Kadarius Toney, and defensive end Carlos Dunlap. We'll go in that order, starting with head coach Andy Reid. Okay, um, as far as the injuries go, um, Juju Smith and uh, Chris Lammons have concussions, so they'll go into the uh, protocol part of it and do that. Andrew Wiley um, sprained his elbow, and we'll just see how he does. He'll have an MRI tomorrow as we go. All in all, uh, it was a <clears throat> good game to get. Doug's, got it. Doug's done a really nice job with this crew, and um, and I... I know he's got this young quarterback that he's developing, and I know they'll continue to get better um, down the road. But gave us all we could handle there, and, and uh, um, it ended up being a good good game. So uh, the crowd was unbelievable, loud, and um, uh, they're crazy. I mean, it's a, a, it's a beautiful thing to have a home like this and, and uh, for our players and, and coaches. Um, as far as some of the individual achievements, uh, Pacheco had a nice day today uh, running the football, and that also was part due with the, the offensive line doing a nice job. MVS had a uh, big catch at the end that um, I, I thought was tremendous, but he had a good day all the way around, but he had that big catch at the end on our sideline that was great. Carlos um, got his 100th sack, and yeah, my hat goes off to him. <laughs> that's a That's a... A lot of football right there to get get you into those numbers, um, and he's he's done a nice job here with it. 
Um, Kadarius got introduced to uh, Kansas City a little bit more than what he what he had last week, and and had a nice day. Some some nice plays in there. Uh, the young DBs, you know, uh, all of them. I mean, 23, 21, 35. They, um, I thought, played well. Chris Jones, Colin Saunders. I mean, these guys had sacks, and I thought they played well all all day. So. All in all, it was a good game. Uh, we've got plenty of things to, to work on that we need to clean up. Uh, a few too many mistakes, but again, uh, not easy to win in the National Football League, so we cherish each one of these as we go. Andy, what, what's enabled Kadarius to get integrated into all this so fast? Yeah, well, you, you'll have him here in a second, but he's, he's a smart kid, and uh, he does pick it up easy, um, although he's willing to spend time at it too, so he's not just... Uh, getting the, the plays and then not studying. Um, he, he spends the time at it. Uh, he's very talented. Um, we're trying to give him some things that he's done before and then adding one or two things the last couple of weeks that, that he's not used to doing so he can continue to grow. But And then, you know, the quarterback has trust in him because of the feel he has. I'm not asking to comment on the officiating, but it, it, it may not be able to speak to this, but is there a place for that hit that happened on Francisco on Juju in the game, or is that hit not need not to be in the game? Well, as long as there's contact to the head, I mean, I, I, it doesn't need to be in the game. So it looked like there was contact to the head from where I was standing, but I'm not the the one making that that call. So. Did you get any explanation for why there was a flag and picked up? Did they explain that? Um. Yeah, they said that he hit with his his shoulder. Um. And so that's why they picked it up. I, um, you hit somebody in the head, you're, you're hitting in the head. But they said it was shoulder to shoulder is what they said. And, um, you know, he obviously was in a uh, pretty bad position there uh, for hitting shoulder to shoulder. So. Then he, uh, why was Pacheco your primary back today? Was he just going with a hot hand or, or is there more to it? Yeah, no, they all played, um, and he was he was uh, going. So we tried to get him into the flow, and he did a nice job with it. Uh, we're lucky that we have three guys that we feel that comfortable with uh, putting him in. So and he had the, the fumble down there in the the red zone. You went right back to him. That's what you want to see from him responding after a tough play. Yeah, he's a young guy, man. You got to get back on the horse. So he was upset that he he fumbled. He learned from it. Now you got to go. So. Just a little uh, house cleaning thing. At the beginning of the game, you guys won the toss and generally defer. What was the, the choice there on that, or did they do the right thing? Uh, that wasn't a good choice. So or we, we goofed that one. A little miscommunication. Coach, can you talk about the fact you guys are able to win? I'm not going to say easily, but you're able to win despite being down 3-0 on turnovers, and you had that onside kick. Yeah, yeah, well... A tribute to the guys, the coaches, and the players, but we've got to get rid of some of that stuff um, that you're talking about. Make sure we clean that, clean it up. Uh, you don't, you, know, you, you shoot yourself in the foot, it's going to come back and bite you. So we got to make sure that we we take care of business there. I wanted to ask one more thing. On this yep. Period. What what is sort of as a head coach? I mean, you care about all these guys. You walk on the field and you see a guy. Yeah, that's not good. That's not a good feeling at all. And uh, that's why I tried to explain to, to the officials there that 
um, guys don't get hit in the shoulder and lay around like that right there. So, you know, there's more to it. Somewhere the head was involved. And, um, and, and so that's what the rules put in for, for that type of thing. How impressive have you been with the defense, just considering um, it seems to be hitting on all cylinders and you really leaned into a lot of these younger guys? Yeah, and they're getting better every week. Uh, that's part I like the most. Uh, uh, they're working hard. They've bought in. Um, the, I, I like the veterans and how they've kind of helped these guys along, even though it might take a little playing time away from, from them. But it's um, they've been very gracious with that. And... Uh, and you know, that's what that's a neat thing to have on a team. You know. A couple more. No rushing attempts for Clyde. Is that by design? Um, no, not at all. Uh, it's just the way it worked out. You know, the other kid got most of the rushes. So. All right. Thank you. What did you say to Kadarius after he scored his first touchdown? I honestly don't know exactly what I said, but I, I was hyped up for him. It, it was funny because we had some plays designed for him to score. In the, but if you would have told one play that I didn't think he was going to score on, it was that one. But uh, it, it, was, it, was, it was cool to see. I mean, everybody was excited for him. Um, luckily, he didn't run out of bounds. He was getting close there on the sideline. Um, I actually heard him as the route was going on going, hey, because he was wide open. So that, that helped me out a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, it was. I mean, obviously, it's obviously in the play design. It's like the fifth read, so it, we, he was kind of the distraction guy, trying to bring kind of guys over, and then I wanted to kind of go flat to the stick route to the over to Kels, and then I heard him yelling, and I was like, "Man, who's yelling at me over there?" I looked over, and he's wide open. So it was. He was on like the last read in that play, um, but in this offense, that last read might be open sometimes. So you gotta stay stay ready for it. Why do you think it's it's come so easy for him, or seemingly so uh, so far here in KC? Yeah, I mean, first off, he's a smart guy. I mean, he learned he's learned a lot fast, and uh, we've been able to put him in positions, uh, especially a lot more this week. Um, but uh, he's a smart guy, he plays hard, um, and w- whenever he's got his opportunities, made plays happen. And uh, this offense is, like I said all year, it's going to be everywhere. And I think you saw that again today. Um, guys stepped up and made plays happen, and uh, that's that's the special part about this offense. Following up on that, uh, obviously last week. Yeah, I was excited for him because he's made a lot of big plays happen, and I, I feel like I've kind of un, not under underthrown, but underthrown him enough that he hasn't had some of these big play touchdowns that you expect from him. Um, and so for him to to another play where he's not necessarily the first read, but working his way, getting himself open, um, and making a play, uh, I'm excited for him because he's he's kept it going. He's kept even though he's not scoring touchdowns, he's making himself ready and available. And I mean that's that's a big part of this offense. Do you, do, do you subconsciously sometimes think that you need to force it to him to try to give him a, you know give him a touchdown to keep him involved in the game and stuff like that? Yeah, I tried my best this year to not try to do that. I, I let Coach Reed call the plays, uh, Coach Bianami call the plays, um, and I let the game come to me. And I think that's helped me uh, be even more efficient this year. Um, and now if I can just stop throwing dumb fourth-quarter interceptions, I'd have some good games. Patrick, um, what do you think of the hit on you? Yeah, I mean, it's tough, man. Um, obviously, I don't think there was, like, any ill intent from the player. I mean, he's just trying to knock the ball loose and, and do stuff like that. Um, but uh, obviously there was some helmet-to-helmet contact, and um, we, we want to get that out of the league as much as possible to keep the, for player safety. Um, so if we can review that and kind of make it to where there can be some type of penalty or something, uh, I mean, obviously you want to get that stuff out of the league as much as possible. Can you clarify, do you mean to make that reviewable? Or do you just make it no, no, I don't, I don't – 
it, it, it's, so, it's so hard in this league, man, because these guys on defense are playing, too. They're trying to do their best to stop us. Um, but, I mean, by the rules, I mean, if it's helmet to helmet, it's supposed to be a flag. And uh, I know that guy wasn't trying to. Um, and I know it's a bang-bang call that doesn't always go your way. Um, but you want to do your best to try to get that stuff out of the league so that we can have those guys out there playing and being safe. You talked to Juju after the game. In the, in the game, you know, you got to hand off the ball a little bit too much and get more involved in the game. Looked like he was the key guy running back. As opposed to last week, now with this week, having him help out, how, how much help was that? Yeah, he stepped out and had a big game. I mean, especially you'd like to see guys respond. I mean, he, had, he was running the ball really well in that first drive and had the fumble. Um, and some guys can shut it down, and uh, we kind of went right back to him, let him keep running it, and he, he stepped up. And so um, that's a great running back room. Um, we got a lot of guys that play well, and when the offensive line's protecting like they were doing today and, and run blocking like they were, that makes our team really, really hard to stop. From where Pacheco was in, in camp and OTAs to where he is now, even early in the season to where he is now, are you surprised he's made that kind of progress? I mean, has that uh, been more than maybe you expected at this point in the season for him? Not, not really. I mean, he's he's a he's a super he's a smart guy as well. Um, this offense is hard, especially on that running back position, uh, to learn because you have to do all the protections, you have to do all the routes, you have to run the ball, and we have different type of run schemes. And so, for for him, he's he has all the talent in the world. So now he's just going to continue to get better and better as he learns those little tricks of the trade to kind of go out there and and make stuff happen. Where you might this this read might not be exactly how it was scouted on during the week, but how can I make this run work? And as he gets more and more reps, he'll get even better. Patrick, did you have you seen Juju after the game or at halftime? You get a chance to talk to him yet? Yeah, I, I got I got to talk to him. Uh, I mean, obviously it was scary uh, when you're out there, um, but I mean, when you saw him after the game, he seemed perfectly normal. Uh, I mean, it's just it's just uh, he'll. I'm sure I don't want to say anything about the injuries. He'll sure have to do something to get himself back available for us, um, which is I mean the right thing to do. Um, but uh, he seemed like he was his normal self, giggling around, joking around, and stuff like that. And uh, let's just take precaution and get him back healthy as fast as possible. Threw a flag and picked it up on that play, and then on, on the interception you threw, they threw a flag for roughing and picked it up. Did you get an explanation on why they picked that one up? The roughing one wasn't roughing, so that's probably why. Um, but uh, I wish it was, so I didn't have an interception. But uh, but it, it wasn't. Um, the the one where he got the helmet to helmet, I, I believe they were saying something about he was leading with his shoulder. Um, but I mean, it's. You, I know. I know those guys aren't trying to helmet to helmet hit guys. I mean, we've we've preached that in this league, and we've we've tried to take care of each other. We want to play hard and compete, but we're trying to take care of each other out there on the field. But uh, I mean, it, from the review, it looked like it was helmet to helmet. So I'm sure they'll review that. They'll make their changes and come back better next week. You don't often see teammates kind of insist on helping an injured teammate out the field, but look like Mark was and Travis kind of insist on helping Juju to the sideline. What went into that moment? Yeah, I mean, we I mean, we have a, a brotherhood here. I mean, uh, it's been fast because it's been a lot of new guys, but I think these guys, we're all best friends. I mean, we, we're, we're doing stuff together every single day. We're playing Call of Duty at night. We're, we're guys that we guys that, uh, that we want to go out there and compete with each other um, and, and, and be the best that we can be. And so to see that, I mean, it just t- tells you that these guys love each other out there on the field, and we'll go out there and we're going to go down fighting together. Patrick, I talked to Orlando this week, and uh, asked him how he thought he'd been doing against some of the great uh, players that he's playing up against this week. I don't think he Yeah, I think they've accepted the challenges last few weeks. I mean, even last week, whenever there were sacks, it was more coverage stuff. It wasn't on the offensive line. I was holding the ball too long and stuff like that. And uh, that's another great defensive line we face today with first-round draft picks, guys that are big, uh, fast, um, physical, and they did a great job running and and pass protecting. So I think as the season goes on, offensive lines, especially with the rules – in training camp, they get better and better, at least the, the really good ones do. And I think you see in our offensive line as the season goes on, become that elite group that we all expected.
Patrick, there was, sorry, there was, uh, it seems like, just a little more on Kadarius, this is about as fast as you've developed a rapport and a trust with somebody, and I know you spoke to it a little bit, but what's the biggest challenge for him to be able to do what he's, he's doing, and for you to trust him like this? I think the biggest challenge is, I mean, it's, I don't know if you, it's a challenge. I think it helps that he was kind of in a similar offense in, in New York. I mean, Kafka's there, so he, he understands some of the words, and it kind of clicks to him about stuff like that. But, I mean, ever since he's been here, he, he's got to be in that, that facility just as much as I have. I mean, he's getting, making sure he knows the splits. He's making sure he knows exactly the route uh, combinations, the different audibles that we have at the, on the offense. And, um, I mean, when you have a guy that's that talented, that wants to learn and get better and better, uh, those are those special players that you want on your team. Your touchdown uh, to start the game. Can you sort of describe how you came off balance and ended up popping? Score your first NFL TD. I it just felt electric in there. But uh, the reason I was so, I guess. Uh, happened. Well, the reason I was happy was because I, uh, I was too close to the uh, sideline when I caught it, and I just was excited. I saw the sound. Oh, I got to hop. <laughs> I got to get in there somehow, some way. But um, it's electric being out there, um, all the fans around you, sitting on top of you, yelling at the opponent, like on top of you yelling at them, and um, quarterback putting you in the right position. Being here in Kansas City, over here, being here in Kansas City, I mean, you know, you feel like it's a career renaissance for you, but do you feel rejuvenated right now? Yeah, I feel like I'm right where I need to be. What, type, what, what things have, have helped you in, in getting to know the offense so quickly? It seems like you're, you're not really having any problems just getting right in there. What, what do you think has led to that? Uh, just really just spending extra time doing what I got to do to make sure I know what I got to do. Like, it's my job to know what I have to do. So why not spend every waking moment or every moment I got doing what I got to do, you know? Canaries, is it fair to say you feel more a part of things here already than you ever did with the Giants? Is that a fair thing to say? I don't want to, you know, I don't want to throw no, uh, you know, I don't want to throw no salt, but uh, kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Darius, what was the difference when Juju went down with that? Just overall your reaction, how did the team kind of respond to that? My reaction, I was kind of, I was angry, you know what I'm saying? I was kind of mad because it's like I don't really like no dirty play, you know what I'm saying, stuff like that. But I feel like it kind of gave the, um, the team a, a boost, you know, kind of gave us something to really, uh, like, put them on our back, I guess you could say. Like, gave us something to really play for, I guess you could say. You had to have more involvement in the offense. Was that more or less than what you were probably expecting? You know, uh, it was probably it was probably more than I expected, but I'm always prepared. Like when it's out there, when I'm out there on the field, it's whatever. Darius, on the, the ball, uh, you caught a double coverage down the sideline. Yeah. Like it was also in the sun, and there was illegal contact. That's a lot going on. Yeah. On that play. Can you just sort of describe what uh, went into making that play and securing the ball. Uh, yeah, it was kind of hard to see, but. Uh, like, it's like when I locked in on the ball, because I knew it was coming to me. I just locked in on it, and I just went up and made the play. The pump fake was for you? Yeah, yeah, the pump was for me, yeah. So uh, get the, the cornerback to jump the uh, first route. It was a double move. I'm guessing you didn't expect to hop into the end zone for your first career. <laughs> no, not But what was that feeling like, and when did it register with you that you had your first career NFL touchdown? I don't think it still registered with me yet, but uh, as I was hopping, I was just sitting there thinking, like, what did I do to be in this position? Like, how can I thank God in, uh, anymore? You know what I'm saying? To be here and, you know, do what I can. And when you say that, I mean, obviously, the two years in New York coming here now, do you feel like it's going to be a career renaissance for you? I mean, really, what's it like? I mean, with Patrick Matthews finally got your first touchdown. Uh, playing with him, he just, you, he going to put you in position and you just got to know where you got to be to make a play. You know, it's just, he going to put it there. Like, wherever, wherever it got to be, it's going to be there. Just more of, um, you doing your your part, I guess you could say. Darius, were you told were you told that you were taking all the punt returns today? Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much, yeah. Couple more guys. 
time in New York. I'm, I'm not saying it's you know, being critical yeah. or, or whatever it is, but how, how would you sum up what didn't work out there and has led you to this new start? I mean, I'm grateful for the opportunity to go to New York. I mean, I don't really feel this way or that way about it. I mean, everything happened for a reason. I don't really question God. You know, I'm here for a reason. So um, I guess you could say New York was – it was a learning experience, you know, just get my feet wet. Uh, I'm a rookie coming in, just trying to learn how the business go, how everything really go, and um, now I'm here, you know. Are you doing anything different now that you weren't doing there? Um, no, nah, not really. I mean, I work hard every day. I mean, I can't, I can't help what happened, you know. There is uh, – Coach said that the referee explained to him on Juju's hit that it was a shoulder-to-shoulder hit, but it certainly looked like – and that was it. That was that was that was illegal. That was illegal. Yeah. yeah so when you're out there playing, I mean, this is a tough position you play. You know, you're going to get a hit like yeah. that. I mean, what do, what thoughts go through your head, or how do you put that out when you know those plays can happen? Um, it just you just always got to think positive while you're out there. I mean, you just um, you never know what's going to really happen out there. It just uh, it could be a moment or anything that you know could change whatever or the course of the game or the course of what, what you got going, your injury or whatever. But um, you don't really. To me, it really don't make me not go hard. You know, it made me really go harder because, I mean, just seeing him on the ground, like, it, it kind of made me mad, like, angry. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, it took a different kind of emotion out of me because I don't really like seeing my teammates down or anything like that. So, uh, that's it. Thank you. Thank you, man. I feel lighter. Um, Obviously, you know, being able to get that accomplished is is a huge milestone and accomplishment that, you know, um, as a young player coming to the league, that was a goal. Um, playing 10 plus years, getting 100 plus sacks to be in that league category of the guys who have ever done it. Um, so get that done today and to share it with a guy who has potential to be there as well uh, was a very special moment. Have you ever had a chance to really, have you ever had a chance to really reflect on it? What's the main that's a good question. Um, putting me on the spot, uh, you know, personally, um, I think it's a, um, a tribute to all the coaches' investment, my family who's here. I don't know where they just went. There. Oh, my, fam- my family who's here, uh, my mom, um, her investment, her and my dad laid the foundation and helped me um, and guided me along the way, nudged me back in between the railroad tracks when I got off the tracks. Um, to be the person that I am today, to be able to have the opportunity to get 100 sacks. Because, you know, a lot of people don't get that opportunity in my neighborhood and where I'm from. And a lot of people who still make it to the league still don't get to get that opportunity. So this is a huge milestone and a, a tribute to my coaches, my family, my teammates, my community. Um, this is a celebration and a milestone for all of us. Um, but obviously, you know, if you know me personally, you know I'm not done yet, and there's a lot more things that I want to accomplish. But we're going to enjoy this 100 mark. Carlos, you said it was. You said it was a, a earlier in the season. You said it was a tribute. You made a promise to your dad. Yes. So what, what, what does that mean to you? Uh, it's it's a huge weight lifted um, to be able to get that accomplished. You know, it's bittersweet in the fashion of how it happened, and you know, but you know we want to enjoy it. Um, it's something to be celebrated. My dad would be happy for me. My family's happy for me. So, you know, we want to enjoy it and celebrate the moment right, versus any other feelings. You know, it's a lot of feelings, of course, but um, the best thing to do, I think, is to celebrate it, to enjoy it, be present in the moment. Um, and it was special having all my teammates rush me when they put it up on the board. Um, and, yeah, now, we, now we're going on, pressing forward, trying to make more history because there's – 
couple more milestones that could be um, attained out there. And we have a very special team, as you saw today, um, clean up some things, and we're going to get after those too. Yeah, it's funny. My first sack actually, I believe, happened on the exact same move, um, except it was a completely different guy. But this quarterback has a lot of potential, too. Uh, my first sack was on Peyton Manning. Um, but uh, this guy, obviously, the sky's the limit for him. They drafted him as a first-round pick. They're putting weapons around him, getting you know the coaching going. Uh, you know, it's tough to build a culture. So those teams, that team is developing something, and they have core pieces that they have to build around and gain experience for. But, you know, today we got the win. Um, I got the 100 mark. So we want to celebrate that and continue to build on those pillars and um, win the month of November so that we can focus on winning December and then keep pressing forward from there. Carlos, uh, are there quarterbacks out there you haven't sacked yet you want to get still? Uh, yeah. Yes, I got Brady as a, as a Patriot, which is – Huge um, one that's on my sack list, getting him as a Patriot, you know, because um, he's with a new team now. But getting him as a Patriot and everything he was able to accomplish, getting Peyton Manning when he was with the Colts, you know, um, those are all milestones. There was one guy who I didn't get that got out of the league before I got to him, um, you know, Michael Vick. Uh, got him in the preseason, so it doesn't count. But, um, you know, things like that I reflect on, you know, once I'm done playing football, but I'm not done yet, so... Don't want to do too much reflecting, but I do want to be present in the moment of this 100. Yep. You, Pat? You, you haven't got Pat yet. Ah, I don't know, Pat. Uh, That's a good question. I didn't really. I don't know if I got. I've gotten the quarterback for the Chiefs, but I don't know if I got Pat. That's a good question because I coming here in the stadium, it was kind of new to me because I hadn't been here that often. But the last time I was here, we went to the Boys and Girls Club here in KC, and uh, I was doing my anti-bullying campaign tour. So me and my mom reflected on that moment. Um, but other than that, yeah, that's a good question. Carlos, the, the day you signed, you, you listed your goals, and this was one of them, and you also mentioned winning a playoff game. How much did you Exactly. See? She looked forward to See, I didn't want to bring that back up because I wanted to enjoy the 100. But obviously, you know, winning the month of November, then focusing on winning December, you know, I got a narrow, narrow focus. So I like to focus on the next. Like my, my mom be texting me saying, oh, I'm coming to this game. I'm like, what week is that? Like, you know, I don't know. Like my next game is this opponent right here, you know. So I, that's what I like to do. I have, I have that narrow focus, focus on this next step. And along the way, if I make all the steps that I need to take and handle my business along the way, I think I'll eclipse all these goals that I set out to do early in the season. You know, early in the season when you first get there, you have all these big dreams and aspirations, and um, if you start looking down the road, you'll trip over that step. I don't know if you've been in your house walking in the dark and you're looking at the bottom of the steps, and you know, you know, thankfully you're still here, but <laughs> your butt hurt, you know. And I don't want to be butt hurt, so I focus in on winning the one, that one drive, that one play, that one down, that one series, that one yard, getting one sack, getting 100 from there, and now we're gonna focus on the next, and that will be. A, a huge accomplishment, but we got a, we got a um, Monday Sunday night football game because they flexed our game. So we want to go and get that done, and so we continue to get the one thing that we need to get the next one thing that we need. So, Carlos, going back with Chris Jones and you know how that's worked out so far. Yes. On that play, and then yeah. just talk me through that play. Chris Jones be like, oh, man, I got to get this one, man. I got to get this one. Do you have it in the back of your head or anything? Anytime the coach, you know, gets us one-on-ones, you got rushers like me, Chris, um, Mike, Frank's coming back next week, George is coming on hot. 
I know he's anxious to get, you know, more on his board as well. Um, I think, you know, opportunity. You know, when preparation meets opportunity, that's what people call it good luck. But um, I think if there's no luck. It's really when preparation meets opportunity. We prepare hard here. We were ready for the game. Now it's just executing and um, being out there with those guys, getting in rhythm with those guys, which we're still trying to establish, will, I think, give us that one thing that he was talking about that we want later. But right now we're going to focus on this next one win that we want. Last two, we'll go Adam and Nate. What does 100 say about you as a player? Um, I think it goes to contribute to my routine, my family, my community, my faith, my commitment, um, the time that I've invested into it, you know, you know, coming in, you know, yeah, I'm not going to go down that line because I want to be a positive, so I'm not going to say all that. But, yeah, um, it's just to contribute to my success, my investment, my commitment, my family support, my community support, my coaches, um, my teams, because now it's three teams that I've been with that um, been able to get sacks and do numbers with. So um, just being present in the moment. Young Patrick, 2018, yeah. yeah. Young Patrick, yeah. Um, when, you, when you made the decision to sign here, how much of what's going on right now your expectations uh, The word expectation, I don't know how I feel about it. Yeah. Um, it's, it's even better than you could have dreamed of, thought of, and or anticipated because there's a million different things that can happen, um, you know, Guys walk on the field, think they're going to have a great day, and, you know, somebody might get dinked up, might get hurt, you know. All these different things, all these different variables in the game of football is an oval. It can bounce any way at any given time. So, you know, regardless of what it looks like and you sign up for on paper, things can change, so you got to go out there and execute it and hedge your bet in the best way, put yourself in position, seize those opportunities. All those things are what it takes to get to that 100 mark, to get to what these guys have done, winning a Super Bowl, um, but, you know, winning the division multiple times, those are all things that, you know, these guys know how to do. They know how to put the work in, and they focus on the one. And they narrow in on that focus. They don't, they don't look down the road. You know, they don't beat their chest about what they've done in the past because, you know, every year is a new year. And like I said, the ball's an oval. It could bounce anyway. Appreciate you. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on home mom? <laughs> no. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.